The marketing mix is primarily a series of interviews with marketers and business leaders who know their stuff, who are doing it in real life, and who are willing to share their expertise. I, I like to say they're in the mix. And in season two, we'll continue that focus on digging into the strategies and tactics that make companies successful. But in this first episode, I want to talk about a few marketing topics that have been top of mind recently for me, and also preview what's coming up in season two. Welcome to The Marketing Mix, where I talk to the smartest people I know in the world of business-to-business -business marketing and sales. We find out what makes these folks tick, how they stay ahead of the curve, and what trends they're keeping an eye on right now. I'm your host, Steve Cummins. I've built and run marketing teams at a number of tech companies, from Fortune 500 to fast-growth startups. And I found one of the best places to learn is from talking to people who are out there getting stuff done, people who are in the mix. On today's episode, I have a few subjects I want to cover based on my own experiences over the last couple of months. One is the changes to the LinkedIn algorithm and why the feed still kind of sucks. It's not as bad as it was, but I don't think it's as good as it could be. I also want to talk about the importance of narrowing down to a niche and why everyone needs a product to sell. Now, let's start off with LinkedIn because I think this is probably a shared experience for most of us. Personally, I've been frustrated with the quality of my feed over the last few months, and I don't think I'm alone. I've, I've been seeing commentary from others who feel the same. Uh, a couple of examples, John Barrows and Tim Peter, uh, two people who share, I think, a lot of valuable insights on the platform, both posted something recently that, that talked about this and got quite a bit of attention. Now, this isn't going to be a diatribe against LinkedIn because I do think they're trying to do the right thing which I can't necessarily say about other social platforms, but they got a ways to go. Uh, there's an interesting article in The Economist this week called The End of the Social Network, uh, looking at how social platforms and Facebook in particular have changed. Uh, to quote a little bit from the article, uh, they say, apps like Facebook increasingly serve a diet of clips selected by artificial intelligence according to a user's viewing behavior, not their social connections. Meanwhile, people are posting less. The share of Americans who say they enjoy documenting their life online has fallen from 40% to 28% since 2020. And I'll put a link to that article in the show notes. Now, here's the thing. I think this is the good news about LinkedIn. Um, and, and it's interesting that LinkedIn is out of step with a lot of the other social platforms in a good way where Facebook and TikTok and others are based around things going viral, uh, which is really what that article was talking about, LinkedIn have actually changed their algorithm to limit the virality of posts. They do a pay attention to engagement, but it has to be the right sort of engagement. It has to be at least what they think is a, is a quality post. And they look at things like connections and, and relevance and the expertise of the poster, uh, they look at meaningful engagements via the comments and so on, supposedly, uh, you know, reactions, things like those thumbs up, uh, video views and so on really don't play into it. So a lot of that seems to be heading in, in the right direction. And I would say the opposite direction to Facebook and some of the other platforms. I just don't feel, at least in my feed, that they have achieved that goal yet. I see a lot of self-promotional posts people teaching the basics, presumably that's to, to satisfy the expertise 
quotient. Uh, I see bragging, a lot of, you know, very trite storytelling. And I got to say, anytime I see a post that states, here's an unpopular opinion, and you know, I just keep scrolling now because chances are it's actually quite a mainstream opinion, but that hook clearly is, is proved to be successful for people. And then here's the weird thing. Some days I find that the items in my feed are very interesting and engaging and I, and I comment on several of them. But then the next day it's back to the same dross of here's how I made 100K in three days from my hammock. So I guess algorithms, as with all algorithms, constantly being tweaked and improved and, and changed. So look, I don't have a solution for this. I don't want to turn this into a rant. But I will share with you what I've been doing to, to try and, and help or improve this. So first thing is I am actively calling my network every day. If I see a connection or someone I'm following who is posting or sharing poor quality posts, irritating posts, I just unfollow them now. You know, I, I used to be worried about, oh, it's going to weaken my network. You know, we used to have that sort of vanity metric of number of connections. Not anymore. You know, it's... Uh, I give people a chance. Let's say it's an informal three strikes and you're out type of rule. But if they're putting crap into my feed, I, I'm I'm getting them out of my network. Second thing, which is more about willpower, uh, when I find myself scrolling and scrolling in the hope that I stumble on that one decent article, I'm just trying to tell myself to stop, close the tab, move on to something else. It's not a good use of time. And then the third thing is I, I refuse to play the games that will make the algorithm happy. I know there are things I could do, you know, like claim, hey, this is an unpopular opinion uh, or break my posts into multiple lines. So it reads like a poem or explain to people in basic terms how marketing works. But that's not the kind of stuff that I would want to read. So I don't want to become part of the problem. I don't want to pollute the waters with that. And, you know, I just hope that over time, LinkedIn will continue to improve. Look, they have almost a billion users. Uh, their best way to realize revenue is through engagement with those users through quality content so that it keeps the people on the platform for longer. And where they make their money is premium memberships. So they've got to make sure that the content and the engagement is there to make those premium memberships valuable to users. And then obviously to make sure that the advertising converts, which again means they've got to have the right people on there at the right time. I'm still net positive on, on LinkedIn. I think it's valuable. I personally learn from it. I keep up to date from the content on it. Way more productive the, than other social platforms. Um, but as with everything, it, it's got a way to go. Now, on the subject of sharing expertise, uh, keeping your skills sharp, one thing that I, I realized uh, a couple of months ago was that I wasn't really practicing what I preach. I will talk all the time to companies about the need to productize their offerings, whether it's hardware, software, or a service. But I haven't really taken the time to create a product around my own consulting work. So that led me to launch the Marketing Mentor Program last month. And here's why. So many of the business owners that I talk to have a common theme when they talk about marketing. And it goes something like this. Hey, Steve, you know, my marketing manager is great. They've got a good attitude. They get stuff done, but they're inexperienced. You know, they still have a lot to learn. And of course, in a small growth business, marketing is often a team of one. And that one person is often a couple of years out of college or has moved into the role from sales or from operations without having a true marketing background. 
and there's no one in the organization with the experience to help them out. That's where the marketing mentor program comes in. I work with the in-house marketer for an hour or two a week. You know, I can coach them on tactical issues, help them keep some of those bigger projects on track and provide them you know, the resources and the time to help them develop their own marketing skills. It's providing that marketing guidance and mentorship that in a larger company would naturally come from a VP of marketing or a CMO, but for a small business, it has to come from the outside. Uh, if you want more details on the program, you can go to my website, solentstrategies.com, and under the services tab, you'll find uh, Marketing Mentor, and I'll put a, a link in the show notes. I uh, would appreciate it if you take a look at that. Now, let's talk about positioning, another one of my favorite subjects. So uh, if you're familiar with the paid model that I've talked about in previous episodes, you'll know that I look at four main pillars of a marketing strategy, which is positioning, awareness, demand generation, and enablement. And I think one of the hardest parts of running marketing in a growth business is trying to narrow down your offering and your target markets to a very specific niche. Not that you can't sell to people outside of that niche, but you want to put all of your marketing and prospecting resources into attracting that very specific group. And that can often be a real head scratcher for founders. They want to sell to everyone and they really struggle to limit the potential universe. But the problem with trying to be all things to all people is you end up talking to no one in particular and you have a very indistinct, undifferentiated message. Now, I may be biased, but I think this is often a problem that can only be solved by someone with an outside perspective who isn't attached to that original positioning, how the product or the company was originally formed, and who isn't blinkered by sort of a, a top-level knowledge of the customer base, because this should be driven largely by the data. Things like which segment is the most profitable, uh, which type of customer has the highest lifetime value, the shortest sales cycle, you know, who uses the least amount of customer success uh, resources or tech support teams. You also need to look at where your competitors are focused, and you want to understand if there's anything about your product or service that actually is a differentiator only for specific applications or industries. So I'll give you an example. I was working recently with a, a small company, very ambitious, who help businesses with their own outreach via print and, and digital methods. So theoretically, their target market could be anyone who runs email and direct mail campaigns. But based on what I've just said, we now know that's a problem, right? You're trying to be all things to all people. Now, the good news is this company had already narrowed down their target to three specific customer segments. But those segments were still kind of broad um, and made it difficult to manage these very limited marketing resources. So after I talked with a few of the team members, I went through the data. So I was able to narrow it down even further. So it turned out two of those three segments still going to be important to the company's growth. But certain characteristics of those segments lead them very nicely to be driven largely by referrals and by direct outreach by the sales team. So that then leaves us with marketing focusing on just one of those three segments, which coincidentally is one with the largest untapped potential. And that segment is nonprofit organizations, which effectively is anyone who is a 501c3 in the US. But you can imagine that's a very broad category. It could range anywhere from a pet shelter to an awareness around a particular disease to a religious or social outreach organization. And each of those is effectively their own segment with their own pain points, demographics, and so on. So then we rolled up our sleeves, dug into the data again, 
and narrowed the marketing focus down to just two sub-segments of the nonprofit community, which then allowed me to create a very targeted ideal customer profile and buyer personas that clearly define who the company is trying to appeal to and then allows us to target all of our marketing functionality and resources on that particular profile. Again, it's not to say they'll ignore the other parts of the market. This is all about where do we focus our resources? Where do we want to go and get new customers from? And the reason I bring it up here at the beginning of the year, beginning of the season is, I think it's one of the most common challenges that growth businesses face. Really understanding who their ideal customer is, and how to go and find them. You know, if, if a business owner came to me and said, hey, Steve, what's the one thing we should worry about to have a greater impact and to improve our growth? First thing I would look at is the positioning. And, and what I like to say is you really, it's all about finding the right message for the right customer at the right time. And so positioning is really a big part of that. And trust me, we will talk more about that as the season goes on. Now, you may be wondering, hey, Steve, what is season two going to bring other than more talk about positioning? Well, look, I'm following the same theme as the first season, having conversations with smart people to share their experiences and, and their viewpoints. Uh, I mentioned the paid framework uh, earlier. So positioning, awareness, demand generation and enablement. So this season, I'm going to be talking to guests about each one of those four key areas and digging into the details as well as looking at some core areas such as uh, public relations and, and SEO and so on. But I'll also be expanding the viewpoint by bringing in founders and business leaders to talk about their experiences of building and managing marketing as part of the overall business. How do they juggle marketing responsibilities with everything else they have to handle? How does marketing fit into their overall strategy? Hopefully you'll, you'll find some interest from that perspective as well. If you know of anyone who could be a good guest, please send them my way. And as always, I appreciate you investing part of your day in listening to The Marketing Mix. Thank you. Thanks for listening to The Marketing Mix. If you have suggestions or would like to be a guest on the show, visit our website at themarketingmixpodcast.com. In my consulting practice, I help founder-led companies and small businesses punch above their weight, providing the marketing strategy and know-how needed to take your company to the next level. More details are at solentstrategies.com. See you next time on The Marketing Mix.